and welcome to MCU and Chill, a retrospective of the Marvel Cinematic Universe brought to you by your hardworking geeks here at Popsicle. We, of course, are Popsicle, which stands for pissed off psychic. Scary. Scary kids of Los Angeles. There we go. I should remember that. I coined it, damn it. Um, uh, we, of course, are Popsicle, a group of like-minded storytellers who absolutely love our geek fandoms. As the world heads into the next phase of the MCU, we thought it would be beneficial to revisit what's come before. So, a month and a half ago, we began a live tweet rewatch of the MCU in chronological order. What follows will be our takeaways, some deep insights into the themes of the individual movies and the MCU as a whole, praises and grievances, what has affected us, and perhaps how they may have changed with time. And the point of view from someone who's experiencing these films for the first time, but more on that later. This first episode will entail our journey through the first phase of the MCU plus, uh, covering Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain Marvel, uh, Iron Man 1 and 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, and The Avengers. But before we get started, here are my co-hosts. Kelly Sue Milano is head writer of Hex 11 and co-owner of Hex Comics. Hey, Kelly Sue. Hi. Uh, Lisa K. Weber makes art for comics. She is the artist of Hex 11 and creative director of the independent comic label Hex Comics. Hey, Lisa. Hello. Philip Kelly is an actor, writer, filmmaker, and comedian. Uh, he has been a fan-based press contributor for seven years. Oh, hi there. Hey, Phil. Hi. Claire Thorne is laughing at me. She also designs geeky cross-stitch patterns available in the Unexpected Hobby Store on Etsy. She's the author of A Geek's Guide to Cross-Stitch, Journeys in Space, and a co-host of the Fanbase Weekly Podcast. Hey, I was Claire. only laughing at you just a little bit, Justin. It's okay. But, but it, with, because you're adorable. That's it only hurt my feelings a little bit. It's okay. okay. Um, I am Justin Peniston. I'm the co-creator of the hard-boiled fantasy webcomic Hunter Black, and I've worked on such projects as Mega Man Fully Charged, Ben 10, and the upcoming Sonic Prime. So, MCU and chill. Um, when we decided to get uh, to start doing this, our first order of business was making the decision uh, how we were going to watch. If we were going to watch in release order or in chronological order. Um, ultimately, we let our fans, and we have some fans, which is kind of nice. Uh, we let our fans decide uh, voting online, and they chose a chronological viewing order. Uh, this sort of shuffled the order of the Phase 1 films and also added Captain Marvel, a Phase 3 film, to the mix. Uh, my first question is, did Captain Marvel stand out as distinct from the other films? And if so, how and why? Phil, let's start with you. Oh, hey, lovely. <laughs> um, you know, it, in some ways it did, and in some ways it didn't. It was really interesting. Um, you know, obviously, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little more. There's some uh, weird misogynistic things that take part in, in these first few films. Um, and obviously Captain Marvel rectifies that in a meaningfully meaningful way. Like it's directly kind of changing that narrative in the MCU. Uh, but also it had some story things that I still, that I, I, I would think that, you know, this far on in, in the MCU, um, it would have kind of course corrected how or, or at least um, uh, uh, found a, found its you know voice in, in how it's going to tell these stories, uh, and I felt like some of those things actually were similar to some of my feelings about some of the early Marvel films. Um, 
you know, first act issues or third act issues. And that, that was kind of interesting to me um, upon seeing it again, or I guess experiencing it for the first time and not having watched some of these other films in such a long time. Do you think, just to follow up, and yeah. anyone can jump in here though, do you think that's because it's an origin movie? Do you think that the, some of the flaws lie in fundamentally having to tell an origin story? Or just maybe to some degree, though, they've gotten other origin stories done really well with other origin stories, I thought. Um, I think some of it has to do with uh, maybe making it really, really accessible for like a really wide audience um, where the, the stakes aren't always necessarily as high as some of the other MCU films. Um, and you kind of feel that throughout. Uh, the first act is really just kind of, there's not a lot going on in the first act. And I think some of that has to do with the, the big reveal later on. So like there's some things in the movie that I, I feel like they could have been done better. Um, but yeah, maybe a little bit of the origin story issue as well. Kelly Sue, what do you I, think? Oh, sorry, oh no, Lisa, go right ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I, um, I really love how, I love that we're doing it chronologically because I've never done the chronological watch before. Um, and it actually improved Captain Marvel for me hmm. to do it this way because, um, you know, at a certain point, it's like so many of these movies have come out that at a certain point, it's just kind of like, okay, we've got a really slick formula now. So we can just kind of like drop whatever character into this formula and we've got the look down and we've got the kind of like moments that we know we need to hit and it almost feels like really mathematical. And so when I first saw Captain Marvel, I was a little like, yeah, yeah, like we've kind of done all of this before. And while I love that it's like we're featuring this female hero in this like really empowering way, which we haven't quite seen in these movies before, um, <clears throat> it was still kind of like, you know, part of what makes featuring her the way they did so subversive was that it was just like part of the formula. Like they weren't doing anything crazy outside of the box and introducing her. Um, but to place it, you know, second in the line chronologically, I'm less, I'm less bored with the formula for lack of a better way of putting it. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, so I really appreciated getting to see like one of the early ones right next to one of the new ones because it felt fresher this time. And coming off of Captain America, which was just such a solid, like, just so just solidly good. Yeah. <laughs> that it was nice to put it up next to Captain Marvel, which maybe isn't as solidly good, but mm. the peaks are way higher in Captain yeah. Marvel than they agreed. are in yeah. Captain America. Agreed. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Sure. And the valleys are lower, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's 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 a little more all over the place in terms of quality, but its <laughs> best points are really they really hit home. I agree. Yeah. Claire, your thoughts? Um, well, this is my second chronological watch and we just my we watched it the MCU through as a family my husband and my son and I um, just last year um, chronologically um, but I've 
this experience, of course, is different because it's been the live tweeting is different, number one, because I'm getting so many other perspectives um, that always ping, you know, new thoughts for me the whole time. Um, and I think having other female voices added to that conversation for me, um, not that my son and my husband are like not woke or anything, but still <laughs> having some female voices has really put a spotlight for me on this watch about how the women in the MCU are introduced at this point, like not even treated at this point, but how they're introduced yeah. um, from and, and putting Captain Marvel, obviously, in that sequence. Uh, and, and when you when you look at women just in the first two movies, First Avenger and Captain Marvel, you're looking at some pretty strong introductions for women characters. Um, and then we kind of go downhill pretty rapidly <laughs> after that. <laughs> pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was always, always, from the first time I saw Iron Man in the theater, really, really bothered by how Black Widow was introduced and and this is coming at the time i watched all of these movies initially i didn't really know anything about avengers i didn't i haven't read comics i haven't seen other shows this was these movies were my my introduction to these characters um and it just it's really bothered me it bothers me that that pepper and natasha are basically uh, well, every time we have this case where you have the male, you know, central character and you're introducing the female characters as part of that male story, we're, we're having problems in these early movies in the MCU, particularly with Tony Stark, because I, yeah, I get it. He's he's supposed to be a playboy, but it's both of those characters, their basic function in the first Iron Man movies, one and two, are to be the butt of workplace harassment jokes. And it gets really old. And I, and, but I even started noticing even smaller things as well, like, you know, with, with uh, Black Widow, in the scene in the donut shop where she comes in and sits next to Nick Fury. And it's this, this like, hey, here's my badass. Here's what she really is. It's the reveal of her, her as Black Widow to Iron Man. She sits down next to Nick Fury and Nick Fury puts his arm around her and, and like caresses her like she is his, I don't even know what, like it, in what, like what badass, you know, like, uh, spy versus spy meeting you know what i mean like would you would you put your arm around the female character who's it just it just hit such a wrong note it was just seeing all of these little moments that i would rewrite if i had the power <laughs> um it's it's interesting but it's i think it's going to be even more interesting going into the movies that are coming up because i think once we get to the avengers um, like with Black Widow, I think a lot of that starts to correct itself as we're moving forward. We're taking the female characters and we're, we're, we're getting them out of Daisy Dukes and, you know, a little bit away from the male gaze and away from just serving as very stereotypically male story um, react, reactors, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it, for me, this is a pretty specific, you know, theme to be focusing on.
during this watch. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. Mm -hmm. Now, Kelly Sue. I agree with everything everyone has said up until this point. Um, but I still have more to say about it. <laughs> um, I have enjoyed this rewatch so much. Um, it has solidified for me so many of the things that I love about comics and about comic book movies and about what's possible um, within those movies. They're so fun and bright and colorful and hopeful and all of the things that comics are. Um, but I completely agree. They These early movies with the exception of Captain America and Captain Marvel have done such a disservice to women um, for all of the very um, overt um, sexist tropes and costumes and circumstances. I mean, I could probably write a thesis about all of the things that I have a problem with in the scene where we see Black Widow in the Avengers, when she's tied to the chair without her shoes on and her boobs hanging out. You know, even though she ends up being empowered in that situation, there's still a part of me that's like, why? <laughs> you know, um, it's things like this, the way that the women talk about each other the way that so many of their experiences are spoken about on their behalf. You know, like the conversation that Stellan Skarsgård has with Thor in the diner. I see the way she looks at you. You know, he's revealing her feelings to Thor. She's not doing it, you know? So it's like, there are these subtle ways that the female characters are treated in the early films. And then you have Captain Marvel, which is like swing of the pendulum, <laughs> right? And it's all just like feminism, you know, which is beautiful. But I do think that there were some aspects in terms of it story-wise and seeing Captain Marvel next to these older movies that are very much male-centric, um, I started to think like, oh, I think it was them overcompensating in this regard, and especially with everything that was going on culturally at the time too, that Captain Marvel was coming out. Um, I was like, oh, they kind of, they sacrificed story to be able to set up these badass moments for women, which is fantastic. But I was like, oh, I think that this is where I disconnected in these moments where it was like, ladies, which I appreciate. I'm not mad at it, you know, but um, that was, it was really interesting to see the juxtaposition so wildly um, yeah. well, in I, this watch. I, I grew up watching 80s action films, which were sacrificing story for very men having very masculine moments. Oh, yeah. Um, so seeing that done with a woman, for me, it was really kind of fun, actually. Uh, yeah. Like, even though I had yeah. story problems with the movie, it was just like... Uh, like, okay, it's not working all the time, but this is like Schwarzenegger carrying a tree on his shoulder oh, in commando. Like a, a worthy you know sacrifice, I mean? to be yes. sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, to be really. fair, Commando's not a great movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's I not. mean, no I mean no. like, Commando's not as good anything. as any of the movies we're talking about today. <laughs> oh, oh, you know? for sure. No, but I still enjoy the hell out of it. You know, you sit you down. Know, uh, uh, you yeah. know, there, but there's like, uh, 
Well, yeah. okay. That was I, just I, a bad I, example. My problem, <laughs> I have that problem with Iron Man 2, <laughs> which I'll get into when we get to that part. <laughs> so on, on the subject of how these films treat women in, in this early part of the story, so to speak, mm. um, I feel like there's kind of a clear delineation. There's three films that if we just judged these first movies by those three films, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I think if we had only watched um, First Avenger, Captain Marvel, and The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. I don't think we would feel like the same way. You know what I mean? Totally. I think, yeah, the Iron Man yeah. movies came in and presented a real problem. Yeah, the Iron Man it was movies, hard to ignore. Yeah. And on the one hand, I think that it's part of Tony Stark's it's intended to be part of Tony Stark's character arc, mm-hmm. but it's just handled so, ugh, yeah. you know what I mean? That, it, you mm-hmm. know, you can't, you can't, you can't claim that and be like, oh, this is just, we're doing this on purpose. You're clearly not doing it on purpose. Right. You clearly are just, you know, you have these own, these problems that you have to deal with. Um, I could almost forgive it in Thor for the same reasons. Thor is a character who's supposed to be um, mm-hmm. a meathead. Do you know what I'm saying? At, at his introduction, who yep. gets better, except the point that uh, Kelly Sue points out about mm-hmm. uh, Stellan Starsgard. Well, he's not Thor. He's not a meathead. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So the film well, doesn't have to frame things that way. None of right. none of those things in Thor feel as egregious as no. Iron Man in any way. At least, at Not least in even. Thor, we're presented with a female character who is clearly implied to be the leader of her, oh, yeah. her group. Like she, you know, the, the guys work for her. Mm-hmm. Um, two and, of them, two females that aren't taking yeah. shit from anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I never feel like Thor treats any of the women in no, an no. overtly misogynistic way. Yeah. Well, then let's say there, that Thor is in the middle of the seven films. It's right yeah. squat in the middle. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. But then anything featuring Iron Man is just whack. And, you know. It's and starting then, to get really, like, even in Avengers. I think Avengers was the was worst like, of them all. What? I think Avengers is the worst of them all. In terms of the way it treats women, mm. yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I see Iron Man too. Still, and we still have, I mean, to just talk about Pepper Potts for a minute, because I know we've been talking about Black Widow a lot. But my God, <laughs> like she can't get she a break. Is, I mean, of like she is the most like us. She is a regular person. She is not, you know, doing spin kicks or having special powers or anything like that. She is just a regular professional working woman <laughs> trying to like manage this business. And not only is it like, obviously there's the workplace harassment going on with her, but it's so ingrained in her character at this point that she can't accept that she actually deserves anything. Like she can't accept that she deserves a promotion or mm-hmm. a raise or a stake in the company. Like every time Tony is like, oh, I'm gonna give this thing to you. She's like, are you drunk? Or what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, yeah, you should have fucking given this to me years ago. Totally. <laughs> you know, like I'm getting kind of like, oh my God, Pepper, can we please <laughs> just like well, and own let's our also power here? <laughs> touch on them like 
the scene that she's in, like the largest scene that she's in in Avengers when they're in Stark Tower. And I'm like, I'm sorry, no woman chooses to relax in jean shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah, not that kind of jean shorts. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're going to Teltro. She's not being all like, I feel real casual and just want to be cozy right now. Let me put on some denim short shorts. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I see that these are the things with like that a I would chain with like to. a chain belt. Oh God. Never. No. Certainly not with a button down. <laughs> well, and you know, then again, she's also at the end of the movie. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice because they're in the construction zone that is the top of Stark Tower. Uh-huh. And she's dressed that same way. Yeah. And she's barefoot. No shoes on. Barefoot mm-hmm. in a construction area. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm sitting I, here I, and I'm like, I wonder who directed this. <laughs> Don't have to wonder. Another barefoot <laughs> woman. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of I have Don't a lot have of to wonder. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of love for Tony Stark. The one thing, and I have a lot of love for him about his whole storyline about learning to sacrifice and and these are all good things. What I would change about his relationship with women is I wouldn't even necessarily change the early moments of of workplace harassment and misogyny because Mm -hmm. to to, debate depict that in the early part of his relationship with Pepper isn't necessarily a bad thing. If he learns to do better, but the way he learns to do better in these movies is not the way they should have gone. Him learning to do better is doesn't come as the result, shouldn't come as the result of a woman choosing to stick by him and love him through that and be there through the whole thing and not shut him down for it. His redemption for that should have come at Pepper saying, you know what? I'm fucking out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. Give me, you know what I mean? Like it just should have been a different learning moment than because then it gives her agency in the story. And she's not just, she's not just the, the romantic, Oh, he, he's finally learned how to listen to her and, and kiss her uh, with consent. It, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that's not a redemptive moment. Um, Letting the the relationship blossom is not a redemptive moment. So, I I should also I feel like this is a good point to put on my comic book mansplainer hat, please. Um, because, uh, at least up to the point where I stopped reading mainstream comics, which was a few years back now, there is no Tony Stark Pepper Potts romance in the comics. Mm. Pepper really? Potts Pepper Potts works for Tony. Pepper Potts ends up married to Happy Hogan. Love it. That I love. love Tony that so Stark. Much. Tony Stark. He's the guy with the hat, right? It, that wears the hat. He's John. He's the character John Favreau plays. John Favreau. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking someone else. I still um, love that. <laughs> Tony Stark in the comics is a playboy. You know, he does have a couple of you know relationships, but none of them are lasting. There's no female in. No, there maybe if there's a woman that I would pick to be. Tony's love, it's Madame Mask, who's a villain for goodness sake. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, she's his catwoman, so to speak. Um, but they 
intentionally created a relationship between Tony and Pepper for these movies, as best I can tell, you know, mm-hmm. and this is how they did it, you know. So it's not something you can blame on, you know, old school 80s comics. You know, this is, in some ways, it's the right choice because it really allows the character's natural charm to come out because also in the comics, Tony Stark is never as charming as Robert Downey Jr. is, Mm -hmm. you know, if only because speaking as a comic book writer, we're generally not able to be as charming as Robert Downey Jr. is, you know? Um, But, you know, this is is something that, as far as I can tell, is unique to the films, you know, and doesn't come, it's not baggage brought up from the comics. Whereas the Peggy Carter relationship, that's absolutely from the comics. Um, Hulk and Betty, absolutely from the comics. Thor and Jane Foster, although Jane Foster is a wildly different character in the comics. That's a relationship that comes from the comics. So, But I think this kind of, we're segueing naturally into character arcs and the journeys they go through in each of their movies. Um, but this is still a quote-unquote phase. Uh, do we think that there is an overarching theme for this collection of movies that we've watched so far and the characters within that phase? Even though I feel like it's kind of funky to go chronologically and still talk about phases, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we are still in the, we're still securely in the realm of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I mean, it's just the, I mean, it's like the theme that comes up time and time and time again. And I don't know if it's phase specific, um, but I mean, it is the key to every superhero story. It seems, it seems that's the theme for almost everyone. Mm -hmm. That it's like you step into your power. What are you going to do with it? Or the, am I really worthy? Right. Question. I was yeah. just thinking that, Kelly Sue. Are are we worthy to be Avengers? Mm-hmm. First, yeah, I, I mean... must fight my foe. Because <laughs> yeah. they all each have their own, you know. I mean, yes, they cross over a little bit. But they each have their own sort of first you know, adversary, the first boss. <laughs> right. Well, and, <laughs> and, and my initial reaction, and the reason why I wasn't as huge a fan about, of Captain America in the first Avenger movie when I first watched it was because standing on its own, here's this picture of this guy who I felt like there was no question about the worthiness, right? Like there wasn't that tension in the character. And I love that kind of character tension. So it was really kind of a, a breath like I could just sigh and go, oh, okay, there's going to be more with this character that I can get my teeth sunk into. When we get to the Avengers and you you see uh, Tony in particular really questioning the validity of this guy. Like, why, why are you someone I need to listen to? Why are you, you know, are you, he doesn't seem like the kind of uh, person to Tony that is savvy enough right to really mm-hmm. understand things that are going on and and so you start to get that that first hint of okay captain america is going to have to kind of expand himself and step out of his just this i don't want to call it one note exactly but just mm-hmm. just a very like narrow progression of character um yeah and so, he kind of has to get in there and duke it out 
in ways that he yeah. doesn't normally like that exchange that they have when they're all arguing with the Mind Stone um, on the Hella, whatever that thing is. It's called something. The Hella Carrier. Hella Carrier, thank you. Um, and Tony is like, oh, how is this about me? And Cap goes, isn't everything? Like, it's not typically in Cap's nature to be sort of like a petty bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that he gets in there and has to wrestle with it. But I also think Tony Stark is coming with a little bit of the Bruce Wayne complex, which is like, these powers aren't mine. I don't have right. superpowers, you know? And he's all like, my dad loved you and he didn't love me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, let's not pretend like Tony was coming at Cap with like a pure vision here. No. He, like with any kind of unclouded feelings. Like Tony's over there like, oh, you didn't suffer like I did. Totally. Like I, I deserve this because I suffered for it. Totally. But I love what Claire's you do? point is that like, yes, Cap is like, oh, that is my challenge. I'm not used to having to prove my worthiness to the people around me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I it's think that's really interesting. It's this meta thing for me too, because it's when the characters come together that we start to see them exposing each other for, as more interesting characters. Totally. And it's it's watching all of these movies, which exposes more interesting things in all of the movies. I learned to really like the first Avenger movie after watching all of these other movies and I mm -hmm. come back to it and there's so much in my head now about this character um and who he's going to what he's going to need to do and who he's going to need to learn to relate to that it's ju there's just so much there mm -hmm. i'm making yeah. a face of just like <laughs> i can't handle it it's so good i can't handle it that's what yeah. i'm trying to express mm -hmm. captain america is my favorite character certainly my favorite my favorite marvel character and he is distinct from all the others in that the basically what you just alluded to claire it's that all the others have arcs they have journeys to go on you know to become better people and cap doesn't really have that do you know what i'm saying i mean mm -hmm. cap is before he gets his powers he's throwing himself on the grenade he's he is at the beginning of his journey he is the man that iron man struggles to get to through 23 films do you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying um and Cap's story is kind of like he doesn't change the world change he changes the world do you know what I'm saying um but Cap's arc I think in this whole thing doesn't really become manifest to me until some in the Avengers like like the first domino falls in the Avengers but then it really gets going in the Winter Soldier which we'll get to later mm. but it's that Cap has this really like pie in the sky view of America and authority, you know? And what happens, like it's, to me, Cap's moment in that argument is less about, you know, oh, I have to prove my worth because Cap's had to prove his worth from the very beginning. His whole story is about proving his worth. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's just, he doesn't have to prove it to the audience. He has to prove it to everybody else. Mm -hmm. you know um it's that maybe the things that he has faith in aren't what he thinks they are and tony is the one who brings that about in him because tony's the one who makes him question shield you know and 
And like, arguably, we're even getting more in depth in that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. If people um, haven't true. watched that, it, it we're we're continuing to learn more about Captain America, even though he's not in the show. Mm-hmm. It he is in spirit. So, again, with the, with the exception maybe of Captain America, this is definitely a journey of people becoming better. Mm. You know, I certainly that's true for Iron Man and Thor. Um, less true, but still a little bit there for, for Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's alluded to for Hawkeye and Black Widow, even, you know, mm-hmm. that they have, you know, I got red in my ledger, you know, oh, yeah. it took me forever to figure out what the hell that meant. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, blood? Is that what the red is? I didn't, I didn't realize it was until I was looking at an XL spreadsheet one day and I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's a debt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Um, do you think, watching it now, does that, is that, I mean, I mean, it seems almost, you know, this question is almost self-evident because when I look at the world I live in right now, I see a lot of people who need to go through some, you know, redemption arcs. I see a lot of people who need to <laughs> learn to get better, to improve, you know. So, like, it's striking to me how relevant this is right now, oh my even gosh, today. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe especially today. You know, I would say that it is paramount. <laughs> it is I, I, universal. Yeah. Hey, uh... yeah. <laughs> I am shocked we haven't had a Tesseract pun yet. And I'm just laying that on Kelly Sue. Listen. Because before the podcast is over, I mean. I've been 10 for 10. Yeah. Or however many there are. (laughs) Six. There have been six, right? Six featuring the Tesseract, or were there, have all seven featured the Tesseract, or just these six? Anyway. Of the ones that have featured it. You're always serving it up. Hulk Hulk has not had the Tesseract, right? Neither did either of the Iron Man films, right? Guess not. No. Yeah. It was just Captain America. Captain America and Avengers. I think there's mention in Thor, but I yeah. don't think, you know. I'm just going to confess to the fact that I don't care how many times I watch the MCU through, I am never going to get the Infinity Stone straight or remember what the frick each one of them no, does. I have to look it up. Who last has them? Time. And there's too many things that glow blue. And so I think all of them are the, whatever the Tesseract slash whatever stone that is that totally. glows blue. Like I'm just simple that way. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not I was super, I was super confused as well. Like last week when we were watching the Avengers, one of the people in my household was like, hey, wait a minute. Loki's eyes are looking like particularly blue in this scene. Is he also being controlled by the tesseract and i was like that's He's- interesting but then it was she was like oh yeah it's true she looked it up and it was like oh he's being controlled by the mind stone which was in his little thing his little stand. there's <laughs> i i'm convinced that they did not know that thing was the mind stone this early I, yeah because there's mean, no two- but it was like but it was like so this article kind of like because i was like i thought that the tesseract like because it glows blue, like that stone and the staff glowed blue, that they were related and somehow the same thing. But then it was like, no, Loki was given the Mind Stone by Thanos 
which seems stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make, why would it? I'm not writing the stuff. No, 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 I know, I know. That's why I'm saying I don't think that they knew this, it was the the Mind Stone. The Tesseract is the Space Stone. Right, they're two separate stones. It's just contained in this blue box. (laughs) So why are they both blue? First of all, because the Mind Stone eventually becomes yellow. Mm-hmm. Yes, because oh, then when sake. Vision takes the Mind Stone, it's yes. yellow. I, that again, that's why I think they didn't know that this thing was the Mind Stone yet. You know, I because that the Space Stone. So wait, so the Space Stone is inside <laughs> of the Tesseract. Yes. Okay. Yeah, what, what they do is Than- remember Thanos eventually crushes the Tesseract. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And pulls out a blue stone, and that's yeah. I mean, yeah. so. So it's not the same thing that's in the staff. I feel no. like I've infected you with but my inability. I, the entire time, thought that it was. So the because thing that's in the staff. Oh, that's blue. right. <laughs> what goes in the staff is what turns on Ultron and the vision. Yes. Vision. Yes. Yes. Well, it should have been yellow and the what entire turns on, time. Yeah. And it's it's what turns on Wanda and yeah. uh, Pietro as well. So that whole scene from WandaVision where oh I'm spoiling WandaVision now, where she, you know, interacts with it, it comes yeah. out and is yellow. Yeah. Right. Well, that's dumb because her magic spread. Right. Well, so oh, yeah. I think Justin Justin's onto something here where they had to do some oh some, they had to do some, some, some backwards yeah. Yeah. fixing. Kelly yeah. Sue and I don't know anything about that. George, <laughs> yeah. George I've never Lucas had to should... retcon anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas that. should Everything's like always perfectly planned out from the beginning. <laughs> we should have a George Lucas like re-edit where they correct all the colors for totally. things. Oh, yes. you guys didn't just start doing this and knowing it all from the beginning. That's weird. <laughs> How dare they? God. Haven't you ever world built before? <laughs> and I think for comics fans, Amateurs. <laughs> the Tesseract was super confusing because yeah. um, that cube thing is something in the comics, but it's not the Space Stone. It's called the Cosmic Cube, and it's the equivalent of the Reality Stone now. It warps reality, allows the wielder to warp reality. Wow. And so when I first saw that thing, I was like, it's a goddamn cosmic cube. This is so cool. And I was really <laughs> excited. And then they started calling it a Tesseract and it became a power source. And like, uh, and I was like, what is, this isn't what I thought it was. And you know, it, 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 it just got confusing because they were definitely playing a little fast and loose with continuity and expectations and they were figuring shit out. They were figuring shit out. Yeah. I even I even got confused for oh, the first half of Thor, thinking that it was the Tesseract in the little thing that kept freezing everybody. Like the in All and, I had and the same problem. My wife had t- the same problem. Yeah, until I had to be reminded, no, no, that's a completely other thing. That's a different thing. And the and the because they have the Tesseract in Asgard later, but not then. Yeah, th- these are all hashtag first world MCU problems totally. that we're talking about right now. <laughs> Indeed. It's true. We are, we, and we have definitely gone down the geek rabbit hole here. Yes, we so, have. We yeah. could almost call the Avengers the Tesseractivists. Ah! <laughs> there it is. Oh my God. Thank you, Kelly Zoo. Uh, I, you know, like, let me, let me say this. Like, are we like, practicing Tesseractivism right now? <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I'm so appalled. 
<laughs> we got, so at least at least we got it in and we can move on now and we don't have can to like we, wait in suspense are we just gonna move on i, I think we just we, we don't have to let that go <laughs> we don't have to be in suspense i feel anymore. like there's some kind of con public condemnation required now. <laughs> it's not a pun if it doesn't make you feel things <laughs> oh. <laughs> wonderful although phil's reaction of oh my god <laughs> probably my favorite so far um, if, you, if you didn't hear my eye roll on the other side of this podcast it wasn't loud enough um i was gonna say uh, uh I, I think it's interesting that like we're, we're, we're like obviously there's a lot of flaws in that we're going watching these things and how it all connects that the mcu wasn't a perfectly constructed beast at first like there were things that they were like oh shit what do we do now they were hiding it so well behind all the charm um, that these films that, have, that's, and that's, and that's, that's, it, that's today. it. Yeah. That's all sure. they were hiding behind to correct these things. If this, if these films didn't have that charm, we'd have a very different point of view of how much we love these movies. Hmm. Um, yeah, because likability yeah. is the most important yeah. thing, and oh, we right. like these movies regardless of their flaws. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Tony Stark gets away with being who he is. It's the very crux of it. He's likable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and yeah. and so we like him even though he's terrible. True. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, it's, it's such a well-crafted continuity of charm and humor and the way they, they bring in side characters to help um, flesh out that humor and charm. You know, I think Coulson in the Iron Man movies and um, Darcy and Thor and, you know, just, just this attention being paid to um, and the fact that we get to keep those characters in other stories, in other shows, is mm -hmm. huge to me. I get so invested in character actors and, and these side characters that I just really, really love. And now that totally. we're getting them more of them, it just, oh, like once again, I'm making that face again. It's so good. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Um, but they just did that so consistently. And they started doing it fairly early on. Um, yeah, thumbs yeah. up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that. Um, and I agree. and just to to like to let's talk about Hulk for a minute. Um, because it doesn't have that same charm level that was applied to every single other MCU movie. Mm -hmm. That's what it's not because it's not a bad movie. I never thought nope. that it was, but I put it lowest in my current rankings because it's just it doesn't have that it's missing that piece of the continuity is that charm the charm stone <laughs> it's missing the charm stone I, yes. honestly exactly. I, and i Thank think you. that's what I thanos needed kind of, the charm stone <laughs> i think this sort of comes to comes back to what phil was saying about you know there's still bumps in the road here in these early part of the of the mcu and I think that's never more clear than in the fact they've had to do some, they have to do some relatively major recasting. Mm -hmm. um, Edward Norton is a great actor. I don't know that he's a charming one. No. You know? Um, that kind of charming. Yeah. I, hate, I right. hesitate to say he's not a charming yeah. right. well, no, actor, he, but he's just. But he doesn't, his. The Marvel brand of charm. I think he can yeah. be, com he's compelling, but like, quote unquote likability and I don't mean like I don't like Edward Norton but I mean like 
that I want to I want to be palsy with this guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For lack of a better term, that George W. Bush kind of charm. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can have a beer with this guy. Like everyone's got that, but Edward Norton doesn't really have that. You know? Yeah. Like he's um, the perfect he's the perfect Bruce Banner for that Hulk movie. Hundred percent. Right. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. Like there's they couldn't have cast better. But yeah, like watching the Avengers, I was like sitting there thinking to myself he would not have worked in this movie as much as yeah. i love his no. portrayal of bruce banner and i actually yeah. really love that hulk film um because it it does capture like that old kind of hulk storyline but it also really captures that sense of urgency tragedy. and anger and tragedy yeah. that they kind of yeah they kind of push to the not and, completely and out of the way deliberate it's very deliberate yeah but, you know it's kind of there on the sidelines there's some sadness that happens between him and and natasha and you know, especially in the first Avengers, Whedon does handle that fairly well. Like it pops up more often, sort of his tragedy. But then as you go along, it really becomes more of a joke and a punchline. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. yeah, you don't see Ed Norton playing very well with the Avengers. You yeah, don't, you don't was, see that. Yeah, yeah you, you don't see with the Avengers. the Avengers was like, if we were to drop Ed Norton in here right now, would it flow as easily? I had that same thought, yeah. So, I don't think yeah. so. Mark I Ruffalo also, fits the MCU better, even definitely. though a, an argument could be made if it was just Hulk stories, Edward Norton would might, might be the better choice. You know? Yeah, sure. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel um, also this way about, well, I'm skipping ahead. No, what were you going to go Skip ahead. ahead. <laughs> Skip ahead. No, I was saying I feel this way about Don Cheadle taking over from Terrence Howard. I was literally going to say the same thing. So yeah, now you were skipping yeah. right in time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel that way. Now you guys have to joust. You're like on the same lily pad and you have to joust and knock each other off. I will gladly joust you. I, warrior style. I will relinquish the lily pad. <laughs> oh, come on. It'd be so fun to fight with one of those big, they look like big Q-tips. Yeah, they do. Anyway, yeah. you obviously um, were never a big brother and never got blamed for jousting with people smaller than you. No, I'm, I'm not doing it. Entirely untrue. <laughs> I just want to fight an equal for once. Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, I don't think that Terrence Howard could have done what Don Cheadle did in the following movies. Mm. Because I get the I got the sense, even though he was so great, it wasn't He's, about him not being he good. Really he really is phenomenal. great in, in the first movie, yeah. Phenomenal. But he he and Tony Stark to me felt like too much of the same kind of alpha. Don Cheadle has the he has the leadership that is humble. Don Cheadle is just a touch more buttoned up, a touch exactly. more military precision, a touch more. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I buy it. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, anytime Rhodey shows up as Don Cheadle, you're like, all right, we're all taken care of. Everything's yeah. going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. He's got it. We're fine. Well, I, yeah. Terrence Howard, there was a little bit of, um, I don't know how to describe showmanship. A little, a little too much hustle and flow, I think. <laughs> okay. it's I think wow. it's standoffishness. <laughs> yeah. First of yeah. all. He was great in that movie. Come on. He was great in that yep. movie. But I'm like, that was hilarious. <laughs> He's got a little too much hustle and flow. Nicely done, Phil. Thank you. I feel like <laughs> Dustin is like. I know. I'm getting a stare. Uh -huh. I can feel. All right, Claire, go ahead. 
John Cheadle is the character, we mentioned it before, it's the characters that you want to sit and have a beer with. And I feel like, I feel like Terrence, Don Cheadle is the one that the other characters feel easy also. Like there's just as much camaraderie between um, uh, Sam and, you know, like the other characters in the story. And I feel like the other version of it would have been, standoffish to the other characters it just you know what i mean Agreed. just not as accessible um he can have a close relationship with tony but not everybody else lets his hair down neither yeah, I will have say, enough hair to let down but you know we've talked about this with the female characters you know this first phase really underscores for me and i you know and i think it's also because we're currently watching falcon and winter soldier but how with the exception of the Hulk, all of these characters end up with a black best friend. You know, Thor has mm. Heimdall, you know, Cap has Falcon, uh, Iron Man has Rhodey, you know, and they end up becoming like junior versions of the of the the other characters. And <sighs> Black Panther is far from my favorite character or movie, but it means it really meant a lot to get someone out of that sidekick role. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to stop feeling like we're not good enough to be the ones whose name is on the marquee. Well, you know, that, and that. And it's not this way chronologically, but it took forever to get a woman of color into these stories. And even when that person showed up, we have it in Captain Marvel. You, you also have that in Captain Marvel. You have a white woman and a woman of color best oh, yeah. friend, as her best friend. As, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, it, it, and you know, Dr. Strange has Wong eventually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ant-Man has Michael Pena's character, whose name I forget, you know, like, uh, Spider-Man has Ned. Mm-hmm. They all have person of color sidekicks, you know, and it's like it's almost egregious. Mm-hmm. It's almost egregious, you know. Um, well, and but I think they're egregiously addressing it now in oh, Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. <laughs> like it is a totally. point they are making that we we've seen this thing, yeah. and let's let's have a show and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Hope- they, they they are definitely facing up to it. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and the next two movies are not counting Black Widow. Um, you know, Eternals and Shang Chi. Eternals is going to have a super diverse cast. Yeah. And Shang Chi, you know, has a person of color at its center, has a cast of color at its center, like Black Panther. So. And there was also, of course, my favorite, Into the Spider Verse. Oh. Oh well. It's yeah, a standalone. A yeah, it a is whole... a standalone piece of genius. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Spider-Man. Yep. <laughs> I've been putting off rewatching that lately because it's. She's laughed. She's peed. She's ready to podcast. I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite moment from this batch of films? Oh my god, I the one just popped into my head right now. I don't know why this is the favorite, but I guess that's what the favorite is today. And it's in (laughs) Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And it's when Ben Mendelsohn's character is talking to 
Oh God, Colson Fury. Fury, okay. And is talking about how the cat's a flirkin. And Fury's like, "Can you change into a cat?" And he's like, "What's a cat?" <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Sue's brain is like a cat. Look at her grabbing that moment out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I love that moment so much because it's just like beautiful writing, number one. And number two, what Ben Mendelsohn is able to pull off in that film under yeah. every prosthetic is yeah. like, it's a credit to the fact that the man can literally do anything. He's and so the delivery of that line was just so perfect and beautiful and joyous. And that is the, <laughs> I guess that's my favorite moment. <laughs> Ben Mendelsohn yeah. is an unsung hero. He, he is amazing. Yeah. So great. Oh. Well, and, and the joy of getting to, after watching Captain Marvel, of getting to have all of the Nick Fury with the flirkin scenes in your head. As you watch every other Nick Fury scene in the entire MCU, it's just so good. It's Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. It's a retcon I appreciate absolutely necessary i really do not love that that's how nick fury lost his eye i really do we, not love that we know this about you justin and I we're really not going to tell you that. you're wrong but you're, no. you're wrong you're that's allowed not. to have your feelings justin i really don't love that <laughs> <laughs> because it feels like the loss of an eye should be something you know it, it, it's symbolic and big do you know what i'm saying like like with the like Odin lost his eye to gain wisdom, and you, you know, and and the implication is, especially after Winter Soldier, because he has the line, you know, the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. You know what I mean? And that's like, and you want that to be, you know, that's that sounds like a moment, a key moment in his life, and I don't like that it got played for laughs. Sure. You know that that bothers me. That will always bother me. But fair enough. I I get that people love it. I do love that he tells any other kind of version of it, though. Mm. Yes, that's it's funny. It's funny going forward to not have to admit that it was a a cat, which arguably isn't a cat, but still. Yeah, it, that's mm -hmm. a little bit delightful to me, just because it yeah. gives a and it gives the other side of the Nick Fury character, which I don't think we necessarily see a lot of. Completely. Or as much as I oh, want. Oh, I, I love all the rest of the the comic moments with Nick Fury and, and Captain Marvel. I, so, I love the the humor that it's brought to you know. Would you say that the Flurkin taking out Fury's eye is your least favorite moment in this batch of films? Because <laughs> um, my least favorite moment is when Pepper and Tony run into the reporter from Iron Man One, mm -hmm. and they slut shame her all together. Yeah, that's, a that's least my favorite least favorite moment. moment. My least favorite gosh. moment is when Black Widow takes down her hair in the back of when she's changing to go <laughs> fight, uh, you know, fight the bad guys. And she's got it, her hair up in a nice, like, battle-ready, you know, my hair's not going to be in my way. And she takes it down and fixes her ringlets so that they look like she just, just so. had a blowout, right? Like, it, mm -hmm. and... <laughs> Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's my least yeah. favorite moment. It's like a new hashtag. No woman would ever do this. <laughs> Maybe in the entire MCU, that's my least favorite moment. Yeah, I, I mean, that's building on that, I'd have to say that my least favorite is when um, Tony is looking up her oh, yeah. credentials oh. and that was gonna... all of her modeling pictures. Mm -hmm. 
I'd have to say that that is probably my least favorite moment. That yeah. I I was I was repulsed by yeah. that moment. That's rough. I, I would agree with you there. That was my least favorite moment too. And it's funny when I first saw these films a decade ago, they went right, they flew right past me. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. aware as a person. Yeah. Uh, and watching it this time, uh, it was yeah. I was like, holy shit! How did I watch this before and not understand <laughs> what was going on and how awful this is? Uh, uh, it was really upsetting, actually. I mean. I feel that way as a woman because I that moment was the the ringlet thing for me was in a moment in the theater the first time I saw that movie that real I I probably said out loud what the actual fuck it, <laughs> but a lot of the other moments flew by me as well. I I never caught the hair thing so. and never like I never really paid that much attention to it. I was you know caught up in the the humor of Happy almost getting into an accident as he's driving you know and and. Like, because as a comic book writer, as, and, and as someone who, you know, my, my, um, my collaborator and I have taken great pains with our female characters. You know what I mean? Like how we want to show them and what, you know, and like, that is such a big deal to us that they actually look practical and make practical decisions with their appearance and the way they're presented. You know, um, you know our, our badass warrior in our comic you know, has super short hair. She never wears flowy things. She never, she's never, ever, you know, turned into an object for the male gaze. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. and it's very deliberate, you know? Like we're like, we don't ever want to, her to be anything but badass, you know? And yeah, I didn't catch that with with uh, Black Widow. And that, that could be right up there with the fucking flirt and I think. That could be, that could be right up there. <laughs> We should get um, back to think that our favorite moments though. So yeah, I'll throw out yeah. my, I think my favorite moment in, in this is in the Avengers when you have um, from the, from the moment that Iron Man snatches Thor when Thor and Loki are having um, their little Shakespearean <laughs> uh, brotherly debate back. on the yeah. mountain. <laughs> and then Iron Man um, snatches him away um, the humor of that moment, and then the entire next uh, fight scene between Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. It that for me is kind of the epitome of fandom moment in the MCU. It's like, oh, we're, we've come together. All of this setup is now going to pay off in this this set piece that is just epic in the nature of the fight and the introduction of the characters to each other and so good yeah when we um we haven't posted our little ranking blurbs yet but Mm -hmm. um in mine i actually talk about this the first time i went to see the avengers i just like took myself to a matinee and um down the row from me were like a couple of these kids that you know we're clearly just like oh my god I can't believe this is happening like we're so excited to be watching this movie right now and it was like their excitement was like palpable and frankly contagious (laughs) and um that specific part of the movie happens and I'm loving every piece of that because we've got the whole Loki and Thor thing happening when you know i love every Loki scene. So it starts off with that and then becomes this whole, like we get the 
snarky Shakespeare in the park jokes. Haha, -ha, we're having a good time. And then <laughs> comes Captain America. And it was like Captain or when Thor's hammer came down on Captain America's shield and that just like explosion moment happened. The kids down the road from me were both just like, whoa. <laughs> and it <laughs> was like, yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> and um, again, I say this in my blur, but it's like in that moment, I was instantly transported to like the first time, like I was that age and I went to see Batman in the theater and I went to see Jurassic Park or Terminator 2. And it was just like so fucking cool. And I instantly became super nostalgic for the Avengers. Like while I was watching it, I became nostalgic about that movie. <laughs> yeah. And so I always have this like real warm feeling about it. Um, because I was like, when we were thinking about like favorite moments so far, I think that that was probably mine too, Claire. So I think you and I share that. Uh, go ahead, Justin. Well, just everything that was just said made me feel so old. <laughs> just because like i mean i was definitely a grown-ass man when i saw jurassic park so you know like for me for me that moment it, but you, you, i get the same feeling from avengers avengers does take me back to my childhood mm -hmm. like i constantly said i said this in my write-up i constantly think if you had told me when i was seven years old that i was going to get to see a movie where thor hits the hulk with his hammer as an adult, I would have done anything to become an adult. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted, I would have wanted that so badly. Um, Avengers is everything I ever wanted as a kid. Like I'm getting a little emotional actually. It's kind of funny, but like, well, you know, I came up at a time when it was not cool to be a geek. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and it could get you pushed around you know and like the fact that my wife made a joke about the about avengers assemble like used that word th those words avengers assemble and knew what they meant and said them in a way that like like because that's a corny catchphrase that no one but big time nerds knew when i was a kid do you know what i mean um that like was so validating for me um Although my movie, you know, is Superman the movie from 1978. That's the movie that, like, I was in the theaters, you know, being a kid going, oh, my God, like, this is the coolest thing ever made, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, I have two favorite moments. There are two moments that I cannot separate the two. They just amaze me that I love so much. Um, one is like an emotional moment that gets me a little teary-eyed every time I see it. And the other, I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. Um, in Captain America First Avenger, when Steve Rogers throws himself on that grenade, you know, I'm just like, that is Captain Goddamn America. Like in that moment, I was like, they've gotten this so right. They know who this character is. And I was so scared because Captain America, to me at the time, I thought, this is not a character that's easy to do right and well. Like it's, it, you know, he's so corny, you know, like that whole rah, rah, do the right thing thing is just, you know, it comes off as corny all the time. You know, everyone wants something that's more grim and gritty. 
but they made that work so well and and it's really typified by him throwing himself on that grenade you know and i was just like oh damn if they haven't made this cool um especially because it's followed up with tommy lee jones saying he's still skinny you know (laughs) um and then you know just for sheer badassery when thor gets atop the, the chrysler building and shoots lightning at the aperture and starts taking out leviathans i just thought that was as cool as those movies have ever gotten you know so yeah those are my moments uh the i mean the the cat moment is one up up there for me as well i think the two moments that made me like like cheer you know with like involuntarily like oh yeah um when the hulk says hulk smash because they built up to it so well throughout the movie holding it just to the end Which and then movie? when uh hulk Okay. This is in Avengers too. So yeah. Well, you know. well, no. In oh, Avengers, Cap, Cap says, says right. "That's the other moment I'm going to say." Cap oh. turns to him and says, "In Hulk, smash!" And you see that look on his face. And those are like both of those moments. I don't know what about it in my. At some point in time, aside from like like Spider Man, Hulk became my favorite character. And I don't know if it was because of the MCU, or I don't know when it happened, but man, those moments were. Like I was, I was like jumping around in my uh, in my seat when that happened. Um, wonderful stuff. Uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful little car- character bits all over the place, especially in mm-hmm. Avengers. All it's like a movie yeah. built on character bits that seems to flow into a story just naturally. Um, it's it's so wonderful. Like uh, the the nostalgic moment for me that makes me feel like I'm a kid is when Stark is having a very pleasant conversation with Loki. I'm like I'm reminded of Indiana Jones. I don't know why. I'm reminded of that sort of Spielbergian kind of character dynamic where there's no action taking place. It's just all in the subtext of the dialogue. And it's, uh, I'm, I watch that and I'm like, I'm a kid watching Indiana Jones again. And it's remarkable. So much fun. And that's Whedon at his best too, his, yeah. you know, writing wise, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Chris Evans, I'm thinking about the, the Hulk smash line from Avengers and Chris Evans a, they give him a lot of these moments and he carries them off so well where Cap stops kind of being the uh, knowing what to do guy. And, and you see these little moments where he says something and he's he's a little bit unsure about what he's going to say or he just has these little side um, like humble moments. And I'm thinking of like in um, Infinity War where he meets Groot and they have the I am Groot. <laughs> I am Steve Rogers. And it's just this pure moment where I feel like you're really seeing Steve Rogers in that moment and not this superhero with all of the experience. He's just now just a person. Um, And I feel like you see that in that moment with the smash. Like he just looks at the Hulk and he's thinking, you can see Chris Evans thinking, what should the Hulk do right now? What's the right word to describe the thing he should do? It elevates that because we've all heard Hulk smash. Even I've heard it and I didn't, I have any pop culture growing up, right? Like I, even I know that, but he made that line something that felt very innate and organic. Um, He just, and I'm just thinking of moments where Chris Evans does that now and <sighs> I sorry. <laughs> no, I get it. Like, um, I think he's so the best casting choice in the whole thing. For the record, yeah. Chris yeah. Evans is my favorite of the Chris's, and so I get exactly where you're coming from. If Chris I, Hemsworth didn't exist, I could acquiesce to that. But Chris Hemsworth <laughs> does exist, 
And I can't not think about that too. I honestly believe Chris Evans has the hardest job in the MCU, you know, and, you know, and I think he is the, he is like the, the casting coup, you know, like it seemed like a risky choice at the time to cast Robert Downey Jr. But Robert Downey Jr. is the obvious and perfect choice for that role. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's so perfect. It's, it hurts. Um, Chris Hemsworth is also what I love about Chris Hemsworth is more than anybody else with the possible exception of Robert Downey, he's taken his character and over time made it more his own. You know, Chris Hemsworth in Thor is great. Chris Hemsworth in Ragnarok and Infinity War is amazing. Just so amazing. And, you know, like, you know, hearing him say, I'm totally from the future. Like he pulls that stuff off so well. And he's, it's bananas how good the casting is in all these films. Okay, so we have an interesting treat for you here on MCU and Chill. Uh, Lisa has a friend and roommate, Kayla Hasbrook. And Kayla Hasbrook is something of a unicorn because she has not yet watched the MCU films. She is joining us in our live tweet extravaganza um, and probably has some interesting insights to share. So Kayla, welcome to our show. It's Kayla. It's me. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Can. Great. And you well, look Kayla, hi, you're I'm Justin. Nice to meet you. Hi, Justin. Uh, thanks for coming on to our, our little podcast. Here. Yes, it's amazing. I, I, you know, it's, I'm really looking forward to, because I don't think I know anybody who's never seen the MCU films before. <laughs> Wait, so talk about I, a bubble. This, this, this yes, is exactly. Take, oh, this I'm, is, uh, look, I'm uh, like these days. My whole life is nerds, 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 and my wife. That's like it, you know. And, <laughs> you know so, you know, and she's my wife. She's seen them all with me. So you know, um, I, I I'm curious, uh, and this is not meant to be judgmental, but why it took so long for you to find yourself in this sort of MCU, finding finding your feet in this. When I decide to watch a movie, I'm, I typically go like the documentary route. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not necessarily an action movie fan. And so there have been moments, even throughout these current movies where I'm like, oh my God, that 30 minutes has taken so long. Uh -huh. um, it's just not necessarily my cup of tea, but I had seen a few of them. I had seen Captain Marvel uh, when I was on a plane once. And then also people say that I'm like Brie Larson is my doppelganger. So I was like, well, I have to see what that's all about. Yeah. Um, and I'd seen Captain America and I'd seen, um, gosh, I don't even know, like the one with Groot, whatever that, <laughs> see, I don't even know. Uh, fan, whatever, what's that called? Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's I amazing. Think I saw that. After I went on the ride at Disney at, at Disneyland, I was like, oh, okay, like I'll watch this movie now. Um, but it it's just not something that would grab my attention typically. You're on mute, Kelly Sue. <laughs> we didn't need to hear what she just said to yeah, know what she just said. Like poking out on the other side of that. Uh... I'm saying what you're saying is that you didn't watch these movies because you were living life. 
Yes, typically, yes. You're like, uh, yeah, oh, what I heard was I'm because going... she's better than us, and I get it. She, she's, she's not wrong. She's not I went wrong. on the <laughs> Disneyland ride, and I thought, oh, I want to watch the one with Groot. <laughs> so every year when it's Oscar season and that comes around, I make a really big commitment to watch basically all of the Oscar-nominated movies, mm -hmm. which is sort of a big hill to climb, and that is where I get like most of my theater experience. I kind of wait until typically January, February, and I go in hard. And then, yeah, the rest of the time I work nights and I don't know. It's, I'm so sorry. It's just not really my thing. Oh, don't, don't apologize. No, Do not just, apologize. No, never Be, apologize. Look, love what you love. That's yeah. fine. You know, yeah, we yeah. might, we might, Crack fun, but that's just cracking totally. fun. Totally. Yeah, well, yeah, I can yeah. take it. I can yeah. take it. And there's some fun to be cracked at you guys if you think Iron Man is a good film. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Ouch. Oh, yeah. We're that's about a, to get some hot takes that's from a Kayla. Mixed bag. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, please. please. Um, so, what's your favorite movie of the MCU so far? So far, I'm giving it to. Captain Marvel, but the it's it's really neck and neck between the first Captain America and Captain Marvel. What I think makes that, those better I, than the others? Well, I think it's not what makes them better; it's what makes the other ones worse. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, great. Okay, so um, well, Captain America is just so easy to get on board with because it's a wartime movie, and like that's typically the type of movie I would find myself watching anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that sort of parallel that it runs with um, with World War II because I'm typically into movies that are surrounding that. So I find that that one's sort of like the easiest to sort of sink your teeth into. Is it because um, is it because there's like an actual connection to like actual human history? Like yes. oh, like that happened in the world. Okay, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, I and for me, it was Captain Marvel is the first female superhero movie that I've ever seen. So I liked sort of the take on that. And I thought it was interesting how, you know, that story doesn't necessarily have to revolve around like a love interest. It's mm -hmm. really just like kind of a badass chick doing her thing. And I could, I could get behind that. Um, second time watching it, I didn't necessarily get the um, sort of like gay undertones that the character has. And that made me love it even more. I was like, oh my God, this other woman is like her ex-girlfriend. And I was like, yes, okay, totally different. Um, to like change topics a little bit, now that I know who Black Widow is, I am like all in, I cannot wait for Black Widow. And I am fully prepared to rank that as probably my number one movie when it comes out. <laughs> all right, yeah. I like this. Sight unseen, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I so like good. it, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but I like that she's just using like her body and it's not like a hammer or a shield. It's just like, she is her own superpower. And I'm like, okay, that I've is. Cool. I've always loved Black Widow flirts with being my favorite character in the MCU because she, out of all of the Avengers, doesn't have anything but just like the stuff she brings with her. Yes. To, you know, and, and, and that stuff isn't like Tony Stark level, you know, why didn't Tony Stark build her a suit? Number one, like he does that for Spider-Man. Why I can't know. Black Widow have a freaking suit? But he doesn't need it. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, but also, I'm, I'm going to just put out there that I think Florence Pugh's character in Black Widow, even though I haven't seen her yet, is going to be one of my favorite MCU characters because Florence Pugh. She's so, really good. Or I'm just pre Pugh. predicting yeah. that. Okay. And, and, you know, and you, and you brought up Iron Man. And for me, like that to me was just far and away the worst 
And it, it boggles the mind that it has such high reviews on things like Rotten Tomatoes and such. And I think it's mostly because like when that movie came out, like I'm sure it was really cool for its time, but it does not age well. Like let's talk about a rich white guy that has so much money that he's even more powerful than the government, right? Like no one can stop him. Um, it may as well be like Iron Man starring Jeff Bezos. Like <laughs> this is literal shots fired. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. Not Definitely wrong not at all. Wrong. I, yeah. No, Accurate. Uh, yeah. It was, I find it was, Tony Stark, the character Tony Stark, basically insufferable, and I think he doesn't really redeem himself until the Avengers, and that's only because he's the only one that has any comedy. He essentially like makes that makes the Avengers lighter but mm. otherwise he's just like a rich douchebag white man <laughs> and this is coming from someone who watched Captain America on a plane <laughs> <laughs> oh yes that's yes mm-hmm. wow oh man listen I love it Tony Stark just got the strip down he deserves yes sounds like yes, yes. yes. agree right yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what he, he needed. here to be like let me tell you, that Tony is what, Stark. I'm, I'll, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts as these movies progress about what you think of Tony Stark later on. Because mm-hmm. you're going to keep yeah. watching, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to um, keep watching. Okay. I'll be very be curious. Very um, interesting. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, moving on from there, like Thor was just kind of a hard left turn that I, I surprisingly got into. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out a little slow. Um, but the character himself is just so damn attractive that I don't see how you wouldn't want to watch that movie again and again. Thank you, my daughter. You are, yes, bless you. You've been inducted into the, the oh. religion that Claire is starting. Uh, Claire would basically die for you now. I, yes, but I, I, I expected exactly the same thing. In the first part of that movie, I thought, oh, slow and, and bro, right? Like so bro-y. Um, Space bro. So, yeah, I don't go for it, but Thor, he's he's my guy now. He's my guy. Yeah, him. and um, I and I have to say that, like, I think you know, I think Lisa, you put Hulk at the end, and I and I understand now that Hulk is sort of viewed as like this other movie, but yeah. to me, it was just it was so fun to watch. Like, it was so light. I didn't like. I don't know. It, it, there was never a point where I was like, man, I just wish that like this would just keep on moving. Sort of the end of the love scene with Liv Tyler, like, that slowed down a bit, but I was so invested, invested enough that I, you know, wrote a Instagram comment from the, from the point of Mr. Blue. So, <laughs> um, I love I, that Hulk I, brought out your inner nerd. I really Same. It, it, it Unexpected. Did, it, it, yeah. it did, so I think that maybe I should even rank that one a little bit higher. Um, and I also like that. I think that one is one of the shortest ones. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's probably yeah. True. closer to that tight ninety. It's yeah. just gonna um, get worse here on yeah, out. Yeah, it's gonna they just get longer. Uh, longer. Just get longer. Yeah. Cancel some plans. But they I, also get better. They just, I was gonna they say, yeah. Do get better. You know. Maybe. And I think like like Captain America: First Avenger, where you had a hook in World War One. I, I think there's gonna be other thematic things going on um, that will pull you in yeah wait well. till you see winter soldier Is winter soldier in particular yeah I, that, that's immediate I, in my mind but i think that that one um i've heard is probably going to win my yeah. heart 
I'm uh, almost yeah. worried that I'm building because I've I've talked to Kayla <laughs> about Winter Soldier. I'm like, listen, Winter Soldier is it's coming around the bend, and mm -hmm. I just want you to be prepared. Yeah, because it's, it's really not good, and I hope off. I'm not overselling it. But I mean, man, it's so good. <laughs> it doesn't underuse Robert Redford, and that says a lot. I mean, about any movie ever. Oh. Bless, Bless you. Robert I think Redford. Winter Soldier is the movie in the series that I saw the most times in the theater. Mm. Like I couldn't, I was like, my, my wife was like, what are we going to do today? I was like, we're going to go see Winter Soldier again. That was, you know, that was, that was, Imagine this. I didn't see a single one in movie theaters. That's insane. Oh. I think I've only so, missed and one. I, and I do enjoy cinema, so I can, I can appreciate that. It would definitely be a different cinematic experience. But it's I'm also going to fall asleep in a movie theater. Well, it's too bad that we didn't know you for my 31st birthday. <laughs> Listen, we're going to tell this entire story when we get there. I can't wait. Uh, right, podcast listeners, stay tuned. <laughs> get another. Popsicle members, classic. stay tuned because yeah. I'm ready for this story. Yeah, right. It's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the story. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. So I think that we can comfortably wrap this up. I think we're going to close these podcasts with each of us giving our individual rankings of the movies that we've seen thus far. Oh, wow. And why don't we start oh. with, um, we'll start with someone other than Kelly, Sue, or Claire, since they're both making faces like, please don't pick me. Well, I, um, yep. I just have to find mine. And Kayla, do you have yours handy? Do you want to go first? I don't, I don't, but I'm curious to hear Phillips because so far we have been completely aligned. So depending on where he puts Avengers, I might just have to like just ditto. Well, you know, you both think you're better than me. So yes, that's Which you guys have a lot really of So Philip, Philip, why don't you start? <laughs> it's it's interesting because uh, Kayla, you mentioned that the Hulk may go up in yours and it may go up in mine. So these are still these are still shifting in my head from where they're at right now. I did put Avengers at, at the best right now uh, for the moment. So that's going to let down a little bit, Kayla. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. That's my first one. <laughs> but uh, um, we'll see because some of these are already shifting around in my head. So I've got Avengers at, at you know, a safe six because I think they're definitely better um, than the Avengers. Uh, then there's Captain Marvel um, right now at nine. And these are all soft. Captain America at 10, <laughs> Hulk at 12. I have Iron Man two just slightly above iron man one um because i think seeing tony get his comeuppance it just makes it better uh, as a story and an emotional story arc and then i have thor right now at the bottom because of all those fucking dutch angles oh my god um, kill me the dutch angle i'm just shaking they, my they head make, they make me so mad i cannot clearly, tell you how upset i was clearly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. there's my okay, ranking so how much so did that line up with you kayla so right now I just wrote it out. I have Marvel. I'm only, I'm going to go from how many other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, seven, seven. Okay. So I'm only, I can only go from one to seven. I can't say like, Oh, this is going to fall here or there. Yeah, yeah, of course. So just from one to seven and something will probably, something will definitely bump number one and they'll just move down. Yeah, likewise. Um, so right now, Captain Marvel coming in at number one, Captain America at number two, Hulk at number three, Avengers at number four, Thor at number five, Iron Man two at number six, Iron Man one at number seven. Wow. And I certainly hope nothing goes below Iron Man one because. 
Dang. Okay, but Kelly Sue, are you ready? You want to go? I am ready. So mine are not the same as Kayla's. <laughs> I've had the biggest issue with Kelly Sue's right now. <laughs> Listen, I am polarizing and I'm fine with that. And I will say this, and I think I may have mentioned it in a lot of my reviews, that so much of my feelings about each of these movies, they're so steeped in nostalgia um, so I do have to say that. I mean, when I saw Iron Man in the theater, it blew my mind. I wasn't expecting it to be good and I fell in love with it, but it was a different time. You don't have and to I apologize for, like, for having it's liked fine. Iron Man. I'm, so in, I'm in the same boat. I have Avengers in my original Iron Man spot at number five, which bumps Iron Man one to number six. Captain America is at number 11. The Incredible Hulk is at 12 because I was like, I felt that Hulk is so different from all of these, it belongs right in the middle. Captain Marvel at 17 because of my story problems that I have with it. Iron Man 2 is 20 and Thor is 22. And that wow. 23rd spot is reserved for Thor. I, I just want to say one other thing and it's that because I disliked Iron Man so much, I had such low expectations for Iron Man 2 that I think that's why it exceeded expectations. Oh my God, completely. Well, Iron Man 2 probably delivered on those low expectations. <laughs> Listen, I do not like that movie at all. <laughs> well, I'm going to be subversive and start at the bottom and work to the top. Uh -huh. um, at the bottom, I put The Incredible Hulk. A, Hulk is not necessarily my favorite character or the story that is my favorite. It feels like watching a boxing movie and that's like my least favorite genre of movie. I love Mark Ruffalo and I love Bruce Banner, but it's just not my favorite thing. Um, and it does just feel like not part of the rest of the MCU to me. And I think it's, we were talking about the charm thing that just isn't in that movie. And I think that's probably, yeah. And I just really hate the CGI in it in end of the movie especially with abomination i just don't i just don't okay um and then um just slightly better than that is iron man 2 there's some space there for some other movies to come in and maybe be the worst movie i don't know yet i don't know how that's going to end up but iron man 2 is kind of right down there and that's largely because of how they introduce black widow it makes me so mad um Captain Marvel um, above that, and that's uh, mostly because of story issues, that, like Kelly Sue said. But I think we're getting into the range, like the middle range of like these are perfectly fine movies, and it talking about it like this makes it sound like I don't like it for some reason, which is not the case in any way whatsoever. Um, Iron Man, um, yeah, it and mostly because I just think it achieves an origin story that is pretty phenomenal. Um, I agree. Tony Stark is a fucking misogynistic idiot in the in the early parts of his story. A lot of this we talked about, Kayla, is that we're all ranking MCU and, and kind of analyzing characters based on our entire understanding of their story arcs so far. There's so much of that colors how I see these characters in their early stories. It's gonna be really interesting it's really interesting. It's just really interesting that we have so much of story, uh, uh, story to uh, deal with with all of this. Um, then Thor, 
Chris Hemsworth abs, uh, <laughs> the the lightning thing changing in him into his battle thing is just like the sexiest thing. Like just being able to go, ooh, changing my clothes, my outfit, like it. Oh, it's so good. And so I just many swagger that. points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love how I'm giving these basically to Kayla to justify her. <laughs> like, I'm a geek. I was, oh I my god! Say, I just delightful. want to say that at this moment, you did not, you did not try to say one redeeming thing about Thor the movie. You just said <laughs> abs. Get it? No, I, I get it. I'm on board. Don't my get hot, me wrong. You yeah. don't justify your love for anything. I'm just my I, hot I take. It. A- my hot take about Thor is I agree that the cinematography is ridiculous and the first third of the movie I just want to skip through until we get to New Mexico I'm fine with that and but but what this movie did was take a a a surfer bro that I thought I was going to hate and made him my favorite character and there's something about that in the movie that just never goes away for me Okay, then Captain America above that, because that's a pretty flawless movie from start to finish. And Avengers on top of that, because payoff with with bringing everybody together and having Thor and the Hulk punch each other a lot. <laughs> it, I love it. Okay, Beautiful. that's me. Um, so I like, um, I'm going to combine styles here. I like what Claire just did going bottom to top. And also, I'm I'm also Work. kind of ranking these not by number, but just kind of in relation to each other right now. So um, in number seven, I put Hulk because like we've talked about, it's just only because it just doesn't fit, doesn't j- quite jive, not because I think it's bad. Um, I don't think any of these movies are all terrible or at all bad. Like, wait, I like I said, it's like- off best to least best so um least best hulk um above that iron man which i would otherwise definitely put in last place because it really didn't age well at all um though it has a couple moments that are like that's cool That's cool. <laughs> I mean, the whole like you know, building the suit in the cave and that yeah. whole like like yeah. total like rock and roll metal moment that was fucking awesome. But everything else, I'm about um, Iron Man two above Iron Man because I also was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna hate this one even more than Iron Man. And then it was like, no, I'm actually pleasantly surprised by it. But obviously, there are still some misogynist problems that are very well represented in that movie um um, next up i put thor in the number four slot um because it's just kind of in the middle there are things that i really like about it obviously for the way everybody feels about thor and don't get me wrong i love me chris hemsworth as well but i love loki like maybe an inappropriate amount (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I'm obsessed with his story and his character and his cheekbones. And I just really, really dig Loki a lot. Um, in number three, I put Captain America again, just solid, fantastic movie. And I feel like from Captain America, like 
on to the rest of these, we're in the better half of the MCU rankings. Um, so above Captain America, I put Captain Marvel. And above Captain Marvel, I put the Avengers because it's just warm, fuzzy feelings about the Avengers. <laughs> and that's my ranking. I feel like for me, in one of those like strange, like hashtag, like those like um, tic-tac-toe squares, like Avengers to me is like just a bit better than true neutral. I'd call it like neutral good. So like, mm -hmm. I appreciate that it's all the characters sort of coming together and it's the culmination of all of these origin stories. Um, but what Captain, what Thor did at the beginning with that boring first 30 minutes before they go to New Mexico, I think Avengers did at the end in that final battle scene where like, it was good, good, good. And then it was like, uh, like, can we wrap this up? I just want you to know. I'm sorry, I, I didn't I mean to laugh. Minutes. I just saw Justin's eyes when you said I, I, No, here's the thing, like this is like, my emotions just ping ponged like so because first of all like like when she said the words neutral good i felt like she was speaking to me i felt like she was looking in my heart and saying this dnd &D nerd gets me and i get him you know and i felt really connected and then she 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 went to town in the battle of new york and like and like, understand that that is a battle with a name. That is the battle of New York, <laughs> you know? And that's like, like I, I I don't know if she was here when I said my favorite moment was in the battle of New York. Um, <laughs> I don't know if she, I don't know if she was here for that part. And I felt it, it was like being, being to, no, you're, you are part of the team. And then getting like the bucket of, of blood dumped on you and carry, you know what I mean? Like it was just so, the rug was just ripped what? out from beneath me. Yes, it was. Oh just so, my goodness! That was so hard to, to experience just then. Kayla, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what this means for us. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I'm so hurt. <laughs> um, um. Okay. So <laughs> after that, I feel like I'm gonna. I too will. Leave, I'm gonna leave out numbering them. Uh, because. The scale is sliding. Like as we watch this and we discuss things, and you know, I, I I give certain things more thought, and the scale, like, the Incredible Hulk is moving all over the place for me right now. Like before we started this, it was right near the bottom, and it eked its way into my top ten ranking, you know. And now I'm, but now I'm maybe pushing it down a little bit more. Anyway, so I'm going to, it it it, it almost bothers me that. Because the top, my top, I'm going to start at the bottom also. Hands down, my least favorite MCU film. And this is not going to change. This is the this is the bedrock of my foundation, you know. And again, I do want to point out that the worst MCU film is better than most non-MCU superhero films. So let's just leave it there. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. You say that, that's going to make me feel better, Justin. And I don't think it's going to make me feel better. <laughs> I don't. Thor is the worst MCU film to me. It is, it is, I just don't like the movie. And where's the bucket of I, blood? Where's the not, bucket of blood? I, where do I, but do I, I get always, a bucket of blood? I've always carried this bucket of blood around. Always. I, you, you have seen this coming the entire time. Um, and it's not because I love the character. I love the casting. I love, you know, it's just that it's kind of a boring movie by comparison you know, and it commits for me, I mean, in my role as comic book mansplainer, 
it commits to me for me the most egregious sins of you know taking things that meant something in the comics and the stories that I'm used to and marginalizing them or making them little or making them unimportant you know and and just you know like why use that thing then you know why use the destroyer who is this monumental threat that looms over entire arcs of thor and you know you know basically make it into a punchline you know what i mean and they should have built a bigger set town and also well they should have had an interesting climax the movie has no climax i don't care about what happens it's, it's a, lightning with the costumes the it's climax. A, <laughs> it's a that's the opening of the battle in the avengers do you I know what i'm saying thor, that means anything <laughs> uh right yeah. above thor uh which is also always going to be near the bottom is iron man 2 um and again at the end of the day, the movie just has no emotional stakes for me. I don't, I don't buy into Tony's dilemma. Um, you, it's just not a, a compelling story in the way that some of the others are, you know. Um, above that is Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel is a movie with tremendous highs. I do think that Captain Marvel presents to me my favorite friendship in all of the MCU, you know. Uh, Carol and Maria's friendship rings so true to me. Like, I really love it. Um, you know, I was complaining earlier about all the person of, people of color sidekicks. Maria doesn't feel like a sidekick. She doesn't feel like she's a lesser version of Carol. You know, she feels like an actual, she feels like she has more agency than I feel like maybe Rhodey has when he's introduced or even, you know, the Falcon has when he's introduced. Like, she feels fully realized, and she's going to do her thing, and she's going to make her decisions. And I, and, you know, I just, you know, and she's a single mom. You know, we don't get to see enough badass single moms in in, in action movies, you know, and I love that shit. Um, but again, at the end of the day, the stakes don't feel real for Carol. I never feel like Carol's in jeopardy. I never feel like, you know, it's just, the story's just wonky, you know? I, I don't think she's like, I don't, I don't feel like she's served well enough these these cool characters not served well enough by the story they got um right above that i'm going to put the incredible hulk it does not bother me that it doesn't feel like an mcu film in fact i think it's one of the pluses of the MC, of that movie because otherwise the incredible hulk doesn't fit as a, a marquee character in the mcu because he is a tragic character and if you play him too much for laughs and too much for charm you're missing the essence of the character and, and it won't work um, and of all the movies thus far, this is the first movie where I really did feel the stakes. I do feel Banner's desperation to be something other than he is. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's lost a tremendous amount and that feels real to me. And I like that. I agree. Um, above that is my least favorite Captain America movie, which is first Avenger. And it's, it's true. It's a flawless movie, but it's also a movie without any great high points. You know what I mean? Um, Cap's my favorite character. Cap is... Um, I like heroes who are just heroic because who haven't undergone some horrible trauma. Like, like, like we need an explanation for somebody wanting to do the right thing. I love that about him. And that is, you know... I, you know, and every one of his appearances is better than this one. And that, I think, is really great. You know, because it only gets better from here. And this is a good movie. Um, this hurts me because I definitely picked what I think are the two most misogynist films to be the top two thus far. Um, 
Iron Man has incredible nostalgia for me. Like I felt also like Kelly Sue said, when I saw, I, I didn't expect to love it. Iron Man was not a character I particularly connected to from the comics. Um, and the movie blew me away. And it, of all the movies, you know, certainly of all the movies we've seen, seen thus far, it's simply the most likable. It's funny. It's fun. The, the, the action moments do feel powerful. You know what I mean? And, then when, and when they don't have emotional resonance, they're fucking funny. You know, and that, that, that just means a lot. You know, it's not a great movie. It's got a lot of huge problems. It's got a lot of huge glaring problems, like problematic problems. But I, I still kind of, it's, 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 it's buried its way in my heart. It's going to be hard to pry it out. And I was seven years old once. I was a seven-year-old boy who loved comic books, who my babysitter, the summer of 1978, was literally Superman the movie. Um, my mother would just take me to the theater and drop me off and give me five bucks and go, go watch the movie. I'm going shopping. And like that kid wakes up in me every time I watch the Avengers, every time. Seeing Thor hit the Hulk with that hammer, seeing Thor shoot lightning, seeing Thor hit Captain America's shield. There's a lot of Thor moments for me in this. Like seeing Thor almost crush Iron Man's armor. Like these things are the things that I've always, the shield helicarrier. <laughs> Which to me, when I was a little boy, first of all, I looked like a damn bathtub when I was a kid in the comics. But <laughs> I seeing that on screen, it's just one of those things that I never thought I'd ever get to see. Like on the list of things that I know that I really want to have happen in my lifetime and never will, you know, meeting an alien is on that list, you know, and seeing the shield helicarrier in a movie was probably on that list. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just things that I thought, you know, and it happened. And I will never forget the feeling. I, I was those little kids in the theater with you, Lisa, the first time I saw this movie. I, I mean, comic books, I am a comic book writer. I've always been a comic book writer. Comic books are my life, you know? And that movie, it's astonishing to me that it's not my favorite movie in the MCU. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so good. It's amazing that there are movies that are better. You know, that's like, it, it's, I love the Avengers. I just wish, you know, Black Widow had kept her damn shoes on. Mm. Well, I feel like we should wrap this up because I think we can just keep talking about movies now forever yeah. if we don't. Yes, we could. Um, so as always, before we go, um, we like to tell you where we can find, you can find us. Uh, Philip Kelly, where can we find you? I am at Philip Creates on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Kelly Sue Milano, where can we find you? You can find me at Kelly Seuss says on both Twitter and Instagram. Claire Thorne, where can we find you on the interwebs? I am at Unexpected Hobby on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Lisa K. Weber. Hello. Where do we find I am, you? I am at L. Cat Webs on the Instagram. That's the most dependable place to find me. Oh, and I'll throw in Kayla's as well. <laughs> um, you can find Kayla and all of her opinions on things at Hey K has and the letter B on Instagram. 
And I'm Justin. You can find me. I post a new page of my hard-boiled fantasy webcomic, Hunter Black, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at hunterblackcomics.com. You can find me at justinpeniston.com or on Twitter at hunterblackcomx. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on MCU and Chill. Uh, we will continue to live tweet uh, all of the MCU entries every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you can join us on Twitter. Follow us at PopsiclePod. That's P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Um, to take to tune in to our individual hot takes on what we're seeing on the screen. Um, if you like what you hear here, you can also check us out at Fanbase Weekly. We did a podcast series called Dream Journal, a deep dive into Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman series. Um, you can follow us and follow the Fanbase Weekly for more upcoming podcast announcements. We do have something in the works. I can't say what it is. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I can't. You can also follow us at Popsicle Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for having us. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.